pray for us. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the very fire of your love. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Fifteen years ago, Stephanie and I made a trip to Bryan College Station to see my parents. Of course, we brought Sydney with us, all of a little over one-year-old. It was the first time my parents encountered Sydney, and they were delighted, even giddy, when Sydney toddled into their home. And Mama Jo wanted so much for Sydney to come to her. When it became apparent that Sydney was not of the mind to be held by Mama Jo or anybody else for that reason, Mama Jo sat back and simply watched her joyfully. And I think Mama Jo was able to do that because she saw in Sydney a future that would live, that would live beyond her own life. That Sydney was a new beginning of sorts, certainly for Stephanie and me, but also for my parents. You see, their other grandchildren were already grown, young adults. But Sydney was a little girl, a toddler. And she brought the joy of being grandparents again to my parents. A new beginning of sorts. In the story we hear today, the shepherds, the angels, and the heavenly host are all gone now. And Joseph and Mary have a baby to raise. As devout Jews, Mary and Joseph were Jews, and Jesus was also a Jew, and to have known that might have saved the world from the Holocaust, or maybe to have remembered that. Together, they had first taken Jesus for circumcision and naming, and now, after the appropriate time had passed, they had come to the temple in Jerusalem for Mary's purification and Jesus' presentation as a firstborn male to be consecrated to God. This was no small thing. Mary and Joseph traveling with a little child from Nazareth to Jerusalem twice. This holy family then was devout and observant Jews, and they are also poor. So their offering is a simple one, just two turtle doves instead of a lamb. In the temple, at least in the outer court where women were allowed, they encountered two old saints, devout, obedient, constant in prayer, led by the Holy Spirit, at home in the temple, longing and hoping for the fulfillment of God's promises. So enter Simeon and Anna. And Luke suggests both are old, really old, for that time. And Simeon gets the spotlight as he holds the child of Mary and Joseph. He sings a song. Anna and Simeon embody what has been called the wonders of waiting. I think this is an art lost to us today in an age when we are told that instant gratification is our right. I know deep down we have a sense of waiting as a spiritual practice, 
as well as the spiritual practices of listening, of rest, and deep breathing, whether we actually practice it or not. But Anna lived it. She lived to be 84 years old and was that age when this encounter took place, widowed after a marriage of only seven years. From then, she had gone to live in the temple and probably got her sustenance from the gifts of the priests to her. Anna does not get a speaking part in this Gospel of Luke, but her presence in the story is enough. Her hope rings through the years of her waiting in the temple for God's fulfillment of God's promises. I think it is important to note here that Anna's hope precedes her encounter with the child Jesus. Anna has been praying and fasting for years. And let's not forget the bystanders who she sings praises to when she encounters the child. All of these people who were surrounding her had been waiting for the redemption of Israel. They had been praying for a Messiah. They had been praying for the salvation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem. The popular mistake is for us to think of prophecy in terms of the future. Authentic prophecy grounds itself in the past as well as projects into the future. Anna and all who hoped for the redemption of Jerusalem and the salvation of Israel recognized immediately that Jesus as their Messiah was that precisely because they had already claimed Israel's hope, an expectation grounded in the centuries of God's faithfulness to them. So it is that Anna waits and waits and waits for the coming Messiah. And as she looks upon this child and likely takes him into her arms, into the crook of her arms up against her chest, she realizes that this infant will also bless the whole world. This is the good news, according to Luke. Israel's salvation is the salvation of the whole of creation. And then after Anna's story of her encounter with the child Jesus and his parents, she disappears from the story. We do not hear of her or from her again. And I imagine that she departs not because she is weary, but because a weary world in this moment rejoices. She is full of hope and the promise that she has seen the salvation of Israel. Anna had a faith that leaned forward into the future of God, even when she had no idea how the promises of God would be fulfilled. But what we discover in the rest of the Gospel of Luke is that everything Anna hoped for was fulfilled. Israel is consoled, the Gentiles are given light, and a Messiah, a Redeemer of the whole world for all time, was raised up in a blaze of Easter glory. 
what about you and me? What do you think this story has to do with our 21st century Christian faith? What kind of hope do we cling to? A shallow hope in a future yet to be? A, a broken hope in the brokenness of our world? Or maybe, maybe we can take a page from Anna and see our hope grounded in a past heritage that is both deep and wide. As a church on the move, in a world that is uncertain, how do we move forward, new church? How do we discover the new beginning God has in store for us? Well, like Anna, perhaps we need to discover that who we are and what we do in life still counts. That God seeks us. That God seeks our best. That God seeks our hope and wants to give us the encouragement we need to step into a God-loved future. Now, I say this as I move into a year when I will turn 71 in a time when I continue to discover that maturity and faith is both about the willingness to answer when God calls and then the willingness to let go of it and trust God with God's care for our future. Anna leans into the promises of God even when she has no idea how those promises will be fulfilled. And perhaps we could too. Tom Long, professor of preaching at Candler School of Theology in Atlanta, tells a story about how God is always doing a new thing and offering new beginnings to us. In his city, there in Atlanta, there is a congregation whose gifted and faithful pastor had formal charges filed against him by a denominational official because he was in a committed same-sex partnership. The congregation stood, stood firmly with, with him, and a groundswell of support for him emerged across their denomination. Several years of judicial processes and discernment eventually led that denomination to change its policies and positions toward gay and lesbian clergy and members. Long continued. He said that then several months later he attended a meeting at that church and he noticed on the walls, several photographs of the sort that hang in many churches, uh, photographs of past pastors, uh, photographs of confirmation classes, photographs taken after Easter Sunday in front of the church. In one black and white photo taken, he guessed sometime around the late 1940s, the congregation was gathered in the churchyard. There they were, loosely fitting, suits and church dresses, some of the men wearing the heavy-framed eyeglasses of the day and the women wearing broad-brimmed hats. They have no doubt just been in worship and perhaps they had prayed that God would bring justice and peace to the world through their work. As Tom Long looked into the eyes of the people and as they looked into the camera, he realized that they had no idea, of course, that years later it would be their congregation that God would use to bring some of that justice and peace to the world. 
They were simply like Anna, leaning forward by faith into the promises of God and the new beginning God would offer their denomination. And what of our church? New church, what will the picture taken of us and gazed upon by those who follow us say about our faith? Of course, there is that good news proclaimed in the Gospel of Luke that this infant that Anna caressed and held and praised openly in front of all the witnesses, this infant whose birth we celebrate in this holy season would bless the whole world as we wait during this season, as the days gradually grow, grow longer and the light increases, I hope we will discover the wonder of God's always coming new beginnings. Years ago, a mentor pastor told me to look carefully any time I saw a grandparent holding a grandchild. Because to do so, I would catch a glimpse of heaven. I imagine that is what happened to everyone who saw Anna hold the Christ child. They caught a glimpse of heaven and a new beginning for the world. That is good news for us on this day as we turn the page from one calendar year into the new beginning that God is calling us to. Thanks be to God. Amen.